What's up, hobby friends, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. Or at least we really hope you have over the last 52 episodes. That's right. This this episode marks the two-year mark that we've been doing this podcast, which is kind of incredible. I don't really know what to think about it other than to just continue forward, talk about weird hobby stuff, and, uh, you know, help you paint bravely. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to keep on going here, and I am making a personal two-year resolution to try to make this episode the best one ever, so... Uh, you'll notice my microphone audio quality, uh, you know, knock on wood, is is much better than it was last episode. So yeah. uh, moving on up here. And this episode, we we wrote a little like outline of stuff to talk about. So really just try to keep things moving along and interesting. And we're doing something a little bit special with this episode. We're going we're gonna to have the main topic that we eventually get around to talking about painting bravely, talking about what we've done recently to paint bravely and what it really means to paint bravely, just really getting back <laughs> to that core message. But in the meantime, uh, we've each got a couple of, of topics that we picked out. That's what we're doing now. We're not just going to ramble. We've each got a couple of topics or possibly even hot tips, you know, hot, uh, hot painting tips or <laughs> rambly topics. But we've, got, we've each got a couple of topics to get through. Then we're gonna get onto that that core paint and bravely message. So Casey, yeah. give me give me a topic. What are we doing? All right. Well, first thing I want to talk about is that uh, it finally happened. Um, I spilled paint all over my desk. Like I've been making fun of you for a long time, for a long time, for spilling the Nolan oil, for spilling the the contrast paint, whatever. Um, Ironically, not from a GW pot. I spilled my Tamiya panel liner all over my desk. Um, and uh, that seems like really hard to do. Describe like, the bottle. <laughs> the bottle is is square. Uh-huh. It, uh, it's made of glass. It's pretty thick. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty wide. And it's yeah. not tall. <laughs> yeah, it's, got a, it's got a big, broad, square base. It's squat. It's low to the ground. And it yeah, is thick, yeah. heavy glass. Um, and when you take off the top, the screw top, and so if you're if you're gonna have it open, you just put the top somewhere else, and so it's not like sticking up as a lever arm or anything. It's probably right, like the shortest really... item on your desk when it's when it's mm-hmm. open, pretty um, much. So how yeah. did you do it, Casey? Uh, so so I, it, it's terrible. Um, so I put the the top back on, right? You know, I was gonna reload some of that panel liner, as you do. And I, I was doing something else. I like I got distracted. I didn't screw the cap back on. So mm. you can kind of see where this is going to go. Right. And I came back after five, 10 minutes and like the cap, I tested it. Right. I jiggled it just a little bit just to see like, okay, is this on? Yeah. Okay. It's on. And I pick it up off the desk and I get like maybe a foot off the desk. And of course it falls. It falls away from the cap, uh. and and it lands on its side, and just panel liner everywhere. And this is black enamel panel liner. It's pretty thick, and like the whole desk, there's still like a big stain on my desk that I can't get off. Like, and I've used remover and all this well, stuff. It's well, just like well, it's stained dark. into the wood. 
it's dark yeah. but it has very low surface tension so i bet that went everywhere uh, i mean that's the point it, of it panel did. liner is that very that just, quickly yeah mind yeah. its own gets gets uh, everywhere real quick well and it and it like splashed too so it, it just went over I, like all of my paints are covered in panel liner now like some of it you can't even read what the labels are i have to like wipe everything off. i still haven't finished cleaning it up since it happened like i wiped off my desk um, and like I've cleared all the stuff off the desk so I, we could record the podcast because this is also like a painting area um, and it was just everywhere. So, yeah, I don't know. Like it. I I don't seem to have too many issues with like like the, the Citadel bottles with the tops. I, I don't know. This one just is a fluke accident, I guess. But I'm okay. definitely part of that. I didn't take a picture of it, though, and I did not post it on social media. So I, I feel pretty good about that. All yeah. right. All right. No, yeah. your version of that is to uh, tell that to a, to a few hundred listeners and just really make them hear about your your troubles and tribulations. Yeah, exactly. Wonderful. I'm just gonna keep it on the down low. Like we're not we're not really gonna let that out there. Right. I didn't. Uh, yeah. So this was not one of my pre-planned uh, uh, ideas of topics for the day, but actually today I bought myself. Today I went to the Games Games Workshop store and bought one of those three pot holders uh, for making yes. sure that I. Yeah, do you have one right there? I have it's, one right here. It's a it's I'm a little piece that. of rubber that has three indents in it that you can jam in. Uh, perfect sized for Null Oil, Reichland Flush Shade, and Agrax Earth Shade. Yeah. Which is basically the only thing I use from Games Workshop anymore. So, so I'm all set on that. On that, yeah. Yeah. Do you actually use yours? My my triple. All right. So we're 52 episodes in, and I I still haven't quite figured out how to get Brent to stay in one place. So if you have any suggestions, please let me know in the comments. Anyways, so I do use my my little pot holder. Um, there's a bunch of like paint and stuff or it's, you know, like how hobby products get all nasty and painted and, and gross. It's like, yeah, that's right. I use this stuff. You know, that's what mine looks like. It's got like airbrush color all over it. Mm -hmm. um, I do use it. It's nice to have like if I if I need a couple things open or if I'm grabbing something really quick, uh, washes obviously work really well. Um, but I mean, it doesn't it doesn't come out like super often unless I'm. If like if I'm painting orcs, that's a good example. If I'm painting orcs, then I want like whatever that wash is that I'm using, probably Agrax Earthshade or or like I'll do a mix. I'll do like 50-50 Ethonian Camo Shade, which is kind of a greenish brown, and then the the Agrax is like really really brown. Um, then I'll kind of do a little bit of both. Um, I've done like different skin tones where. You know, if you've got mix of skin tones and you're, you're trying to get some of uh, one color and then another color and you want it to mix, you kind of like wet blend your washes together. So that's like helpful. And, you know, you're kind of going quick. So you don't want to knock those over. It, it's oh, useful yeah. for that. Otherwise, it's just a like a novelty thing because you could really just put the wash in like a, a little palette or on a tray or something. Well, I've I've knocked those bottles over many times, and I've I've accepted that uh, you know I've I've looked for like a good replacement for kind of the the penetrating aqueous nature of null oil Reichland flesh shade and uh, your old Agrax. Right. Yeah. And I haven't. I'm not even gonna start bothering with the Thonian <laughs> camo shade. I'm I'm good with. I've got three that I that I have not yet found a way to replace with another company. I've got a three pot mm -hmm. holder. 
I I basically surrendered. I went in there and said, right. <laughs> I I am going to accept that I need need, need these these you know paints that come in this easily tippable over bottle that will immediately drain yeah. seven dollars and eighty cents onto my refurbished desk. But I need this, so we're gonna go ahead with it. You know. All right. So I have accepted that. From Games Workshop, I really do need Reikland Flesh Shade, Agrax Earth Shade, and Null Noil. And so I just went out there, I, I bit the bullet, and I bought this stupid little rubber thing to hold all three of those. And that's just going to be where they permanently live on my desk. I've surrendered, I've accepted it, and uh, yeah, there we go. I like the idea that, that they're permanently going to just stay there. So it's like Never you're leading. buying more of like a display holder than than anything. They're just that's your set, right? Your your triple set. Yeah. You're just going to set that aside. It's going to stay on your desk. So that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um cuz you could you could buy a whole bunch of those and then you could have all your Citadel paints like on your desk like nicely. It would look nice. It wouldn't. I don't think I'd, it wouldn't. I would it's it's that, just but. admitting surrender, <laughs> but that's fine. But for for <laughs> these 3, I need it and I need it to not knock over these stupid bottles. So that's that's all we right. got to say about that. Of yeah, the the more important thing to talk about it, anyways, obviously, is whether or not the uh, the manager at the Games Workshop recognized you. No, 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 they didn't. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so this is probably the stupidest running joke that we have on this show, and so you know the two year yeah. mark is a good good time to to bring it up again. But it mm -hmm. okay. So this is it's it's cruel honestly, but <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that. But, um, yep. <laughs> so, so I live relatively near uh, an official Warhammer store. And every time I go in there, I try to make eye contact with the, the manager just to, to see if there's a hint of recognition. And I think like he understands that he's seen me before, I think. And, and he's also like, that's interesting. Yeah, I think so. I mean, so he's just like a super friendly, nice guy. And, but but I'm pretty sure he doesn't watch YouTube, and so this is right. this is just mean for several reasons. Like one, I live in Maine. <laughs> yeah. you, there's only one person that manages these Warhammer stores. If you right. want to, you could figure out who this individual is that we're talking about behind their back to thousands of people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh, uh, and, That's messed and, up. And, okay. the, and they also, the other weird thing about this is that the, the, the sheer narcissism of assuming that somebody should know who I am is... Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's that's why it's the dumbest running gag we have. But yeah, I'll I'll admit a, a tiny little bit of why I went to the Warhammer store instead of ordering online was just to just to give him another chance to be like, hey, right, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> just another like quick pop in to say hi. Just checking in. All right, <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm pr I'm pretty sure one of the the other customers in there today did a double take, but you know. No words were spoken, yeah. but that's all right. Right, right. Oh man, I'll I'll keep you updated. Actually, uh, like this, I mean, this, I, yeah, I I really like the manager. He's a super nice guy. Next time I'm in there, I'll just I'll just introduce myself so that we we could end this stupid joke. Yeah, I, or not? He might, and or then not. he'll still be like, type in the comments below okay. whether or not I should introduce myself to the local Warhammer store manager. 
Look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But if you if you come in, if you come in and you're like, "Hi, I'm uh, I'm Goobertown Brent. It's nice to meet you." That's not like, that's well, not how I would do it. About? I'd just be like, oh, "Hey, okay. you know, I've been coming in here for a few years. Like, hey, I'm I'm Brent. What, what what's your name?" Oh, oh that's Jimmy, that makes Jimmy. So much yeah. sense. And then and then I'll casually bring up that like, "Oh yeah, you know, I I do this as a hobby, but I actually have like a, a YouTube channel. Uh, I don't know if you watch YouTube channels, but anyway, if if you ever want to check it out, is is Goobertown? That's my that's my that's diplomatic your... way of ending this charade and just uh, sure, sure normalizing relations. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what if he starts listening to this podcast though? <laughs> it's been two years we've been talking about this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, manager Jimmy or or Timmy or um. So you don't even know his we'll name. We'll do a whole segment on guessing. Yeah, that's that's true. That, I mean, yeah. I, I, we could do a whole segment on guessing this guy's name, and then we'll we'll each come up with our, 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 our top five ranking lists of... Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll see who's right. We'll see who's right. But... Um, I, I mean, yeah. All right. Moving on. Moving on. You spilled, you spilled some paint. That's, spilled that's what you wanted to tell our audience about lighter. today. Yes, exactly. Um, be careful. With that panel liner, like it, that, that lid does get stuck. It's a, uh, it'll sneak up on you. That's that's what I wanted to say. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so a topic I wanted to talk about, and I'll give you your sh- your shot at it. But since we last recorded, uh, Games Workshop has posted some videos about Andy Circus being in the studio. Uh, he, he's promoting like a a video game, a Warhammer Chaos video game or something that he's been working on. Um, but he was in the, the Warhammer studio, Games Workshop studio, and like painted some minis and did some interviews. So, uh, Andy Circus did some Warhammer promotions and then also just Henry Cavill wandered into Warhammer world and, uh, yeah, yeah. took a bunch of selfies. And so the, the internet has had some stuff to talk about. So Casey, celebrities hmm. and Warhammer and D and D go go well all i know about that are people like vin diesel and joe manganello mm-hmm. and robin williams uh, rest in robin peace robin williams yep. yeah yeah uh jason muse oh uh, really i mean that makes yeah, sense yeah yeah it, it does make sense he's talked about it before but um does that make why does that make sense i guess it just does so but uh yeah people people play Warhammer and D&D. I'm not sure what you're getting at. <laughs> well, no, I just... Oh, so, first off, uh, on like a first layer approach, like it is awesome that celebrities will occasionally use their, their broader reach to possibly yeah. introduce new audiences to uh, these things that we love and maybe maybe be just an, another pathway to to get folks in and uh, to to another degree get people to be okay with the nerdiness of it all hey that's true it it does like demystify the whole the whole thing when it's like oh well that's that's vin diesel right yeah if it's good enough fast and furious guy and he's like yes my goblin (laughs) like (laughs) my cleaver does four damage to your (laughs) goblin he's sitting there at a table like yeah yeah okay (laughs) when i think he was the first celebrity i was aware of because he was on you know a talk show promoting too fast, too furious. No, he wasn't on that. Three fast, three furious. No, <laughs> wasn't on that. We won't get into well, it. At the very end. What's it up? Man, I don't even know what video he's promoting. A man apart or something. 
but he was promoting some video on some talk show and he was just talking about his D&D character like 10, 15 years ago. And that was one of the first like big name celebrities talking about D&D that I was aware of, which is yeah. cool. And um, yeah, er earlier today, I actually looked up the Wikipedia article. And of course, there is one of notable celebrities who play D&D. There's there's yeah. a list on Wikipedia. And yeah, the you know, the ones we were just talking about were on there. You know, Robin Williams, Vin Diesel, Joe Manganiello. Manganiello. Um, <laughs> but then like half of the list is just like, yeah, of course, like George R. R. Martin. Yeah, I mean, obviously. R.A. <laughs> uh, Salvatore. Uh, yeah. Like, yes, yes, oh, yes. That would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Ari Salvatore to type that. Of course, Ari Salvatore plays D and D. Like that would be the weirdest thing, man. Just to be like, I play Pathfinder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> after after finishing up his his twentieth Drist book, he thinks like maybe I'll yeah. give this a try. We'll see what this is all <laughs> right, about. Exactly. Yeah. This seems fine. <laughs> Should do some Lost Minds of Fandelver. See how it goes. Oh, man, that would be pretty funny. Um. Yeah, you have to assume they're just some people, I guess. But um, well, it's nice to see. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of nice. like it's it is cool to see like Andy Circus jumping in on something like that because that I wouldn't have expected necessarily. It's like, oh, well, that's it's pretty cool. Like he's in the studios painting, you know. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It connects, and uh... <laughs> one of the things I wanted to make sure to talk about is the. The thumbnail that Games Workshop used for they they have two videos. Andy Circus paints Warhammer. Yeah, that's that's a good title. That's like that's a fine title that that has mm -hmm. potential. And the thumbnail that they picked for Andy Circus paints Warhammer is just a picture of Peachy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like one of the auto generated thumbnails too. It's not like they made it. I don't know. It's, there's there's a couple ways you can go. If you have access to Andy Circus, who is who is world renowned, is is yeah. probably you know has one of the most famous faces for being like the most expressive human in show business. Like right. that's that's what he does. He he, he <laughs> has these incredible <laughs> expressions that could do a YouTube thumbnail that would put Mr. Beast to shame. Like you, <laughs> right. you, you show Andy Circus like the homepage for Mr. Beast's channel and be like, Hey, just, you know, go wild, go nuts, see what you can do. Right. You get five right. seconds of him just reacting. You get five seconds of Andy Circus reacting to a Mr. Beast thumbnail. And then you take any still frame from that. <laughs> you title it Andy Circus paints Warhammer and you get 200,000 views in like a day yeah yeah because there are there are similar videos of like like oh you know some person that's slightly a celebrity uh paints something or does something and it's like well there's five million views on that right like there's no reason that this shouldn't be a thing just out of pure curiosity for most people it's like oh i like andy circus like he's painting he's painting something that's cool okay. yeah like people would just click on that just because right like yes. Andy Circus paints toy soldiers. Yes. Mm-hmm. I I you know the funny I haven't watched those videos yet, and partially because like I haven't actually 
seen them come up on my feed or may i probably have and i just didn't even realize you haven't noticed because it's a picture that's probably why yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) like oh it's peachy scroll peachy's always (laughs) on my feed i mean it's good (laughs) to see him but uh we're sure we're used Uh, to him and yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i'll I'll work my way back through you know the the peachy catalog at some point generally how it goes Yeah. yeah 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 but you know so well, yeah, you get you get like a big blow up face of Andy Circus making a making a crazy crazy expression. I mean, and then the, the maybe... picture that comes to mind is is him doing the golem eyes, right? Of course, with the model, right? That meme. Describe the meme, <laughs> yeah, Casey. Like you're acting it well, out very well, but for our listeners at am, home, describe the point. meme. Well, if you are listening at home on any other service other than YouTube, I appreciate that. We both do, but. Head to youtube.com slash paint bravely the podcast. And we have a video of both of us going the entire time. And uh, editor Matt usually puts funny things in that makes fun of us a lot. And yeah, that happens. Um, but yeah, so the, so the, uh, the image, I think most people who have been around for a while probably have seen it. It's, it's uh, I forget what part of the movie it is, but it's basically, it's Gollum like, with his kind of face reared back, he's got a big bulging eye and he's kind of like concentrating on doing something His like tongues kind of out a little bit, you know? Uh, yeah. And he's like, and, and, and in the meme, at least for the Warhammer one, it's, it's like, he's trying to paint an eyeball on like a space Marine and it's, you know, yeah. some derpy eye or something. It's, it's, it's four panels. And the first three panels are Golem, like really focused on something zoomed in, yeah. really focused, in, really yeah, focused. Yeah, yeah. And then the fourth panel is like somebody to, trying to put put eyes on a space marine or whatever yeah it's just painting something very small and very detailed (laughs) that you that's the face that you would have right so like just getting him to do that in real life if they holding a model oh man if they recreated that meme with yes present day andy circus in the warhammer studio gold they put that on a thumbnail andy circus paints warhammer like in the meme 200,000 yeah. views in a couple of days. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. moving Guaranteed. on. Moving on. Moving on. Um, moving on. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, then, then Henry Cavill went to Warhammer World, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Again, getting exposure for the hobby. Uh, and mm-hmm. there, there's been like a couple of Henry Cavill news cycles. Like he first, there, there was like that one picture of him painting a custody. The, yeah, like the head of a custodian. People lost their minds. Yeah, that, that was like a week of... Uh, everybody's internet for like a week uh, if you're associated with this hobby you just saw constant memes and reposts of this yeah um and then again this this last one was maybe a month ago when he was doing promotions for the witcher season two and he said something about like playing playing or painting warhammer on a talk oh, that's show true. yeah on graham norton yeah yeah and, and, and again like it was like at least a solid week of like just our ha- our our side of the internet was just covered in in Henry Cavill and super me- Superman memes and everything. Oh yeah. And anyway, he goes <laughs> he goes to Warhammer World and set my second thought was this is cool. My second thought <laughs> okay. was, my second thought was this is cool. Like, you know, the things I like thought, coming yeah. together uh again like mm-hmm. helping to promote the hobby. This is awesome. That's that's so cool. It, it, you know, seeing picture of what he actually looks like on his day off going going on a shopping trip very very nice yeah yeah and but my first thought was like 
it's going to be another two weeks of like just Henry Cavill <laughs> memes all over every one of my social media pages. <laughs> That's it's not been entirely that, but yeah, I've seen people. It, it was actually it was actually only a couple of days. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's other stuff going on on the internet right now, but uh, whatever. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was the topic I wanted to talk about. Just just celebrities in our inner gaming sphere and i think i think joe manganello was is doing a great job over in D D because i mean there's tons of shots of him with like tons of uh what, dwarven forge terrain and everything like that guy yeah. that guy gets his well, his dungeons he runs like up. a he runs like a, a like a celebrity campaign yeah like people like bill Hader dropping it out uh vince vaughn drops in and out like a bunch of people and I swear that there is a, and we may have talked about this in the past, but there's somewhere on YouTube, there's like a mini documentary about this like celebrity D and D game. Yep. Um, and it's like 15 minutes long and it's just like goes through this huge list of people who have been in this game and it's just kind of insane. A mini documentary so. about Joe Manganiello. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gotta move on we gotta move on casey what's your what's your yeah. next topic of the day let's go my next topic of the day um i mean if you can call it a topic of the day i really just i, I just want to talk about some models i painted that's all um i i've been painting up a, a bunch of stormcast models and i've been having a pretty good time doing that um what what don't give me that look <laughs> Cool. No, that's that's great. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> no, I look. I'm not gonna pretend like I didn't get half of a Dominion box of Stormcast models in the mail today. Like, continue. Today, I'm yeah. actually, I'm actually interested <laughs> in your Stormcast models. You're painting them very well. Continue, continue. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. No. Um. Uh. I, I had this idea for a videos to kind of talk about like the state of like eBay and where things are at and like buying models off of ebay and buying new models off of ebay and the, the kind of the comparison especially with like price hikes from games workshop lately that a lot of people have been talking about so um you know i i have like i got the dominion box which came with basically half of a stormcast army of the newer models and then you know you go on ebay and there's a lot of really inexpensive stormcast models so uh yes i built an army I have built an army and it is a large army and I've been working my way over the last like week, just painting so much painting. Um, but I'm actually, I, I do have painted right now over 2000 points and I'm just like finishing out some options, I guess, if you will, just cause I have them. Nice. Um, but I'm pretty excited about that. And, uh, like it, it's, it's coming together better than I expected. I suppose like this will probably be one of the nicer armies that i've painted like just overall like they look good together yeah. i guess you showed yeah. me a little sneak peek and they do look good it's the uh it's like the dulled down version of the box art so not yeah. bright blue and bright gold but like, like. chilled versions of those <laughs> yeah like just muted versions of those and like slightly weathered and and just beaten a little bit like all of the models i'm not doing any heads on any of the models like i'm just doing regular uh helmets right no human heads because I, I still like the idea that that uh the stormcast models are like living 
uh, armor sets or whatever. Like everybody thought that for a long time until they're like, oh, you know, some of my guests are or some such. I don't know. And then like real ones started popping up, people, and I I, I like that less. But uh, it makes sense. You gotta you gotta branch out and get some like people that you care about in there, not just mindless space marines. God, I hate space marines. I actually, I really like the the heads that they have for some of the new Stormcasts. So I do too. Yeah, I actually, it was kind of an all or nothing type of a thing. Like I was either gonna do all of them or none of them, and I just kind of like, well, I already have a bunch that don't have the heads, so I might as well just stick to that theme and run with that. That way, anytime you know I want to get another one, I don't really think about it. It's like the plan is set. It's there. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Real good. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm excited you, for you when... You got Dominion? Uh, I guess that Today. video won't be out at the time this podcast drops, but that's okay. It, it'll be out eventually, and that'll be cool. That'll be cool. It'll be out one, uh, well, six days after the Wonderful. podcast. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So so some models I've been working on over here are mm-hmm. WizKids. So the, the WizKids Frameworks models. So this is the line of sprue models polystyrene dnd models and yes. a couple months ago uh you know WizKid sent me like four hero models to to take a look at and i did a little review video on them and they're they're pretty good they're you know some customizability yeah. for heroes it's like there's there's the the body and legs that you you can't customize but then there's a couple options for arms and weapons a couple options for heads bunch of random bits you can put on there um and and some of the bits are actually pretty clever the way they fit in like Mm. there's you know there's the the druid that has a satchel like an optional satchel and the satchel bit like just fits perfectly over her arm it rests on her shoulder and against her side and it's just like she's she's wearing the bit and she looks great without it she looks great with it um and there were you know that's pretty cool yeah, there there were some other ones like cloaks and um that that again character looks great without a cloak but the cloak like perfectly molds to the figure and it looks great with it too. So some of the options are actually pretty clever on those. Um anyway, those the the frameworks line is getting closer to release. Uh, I got a contact over there at WizKids. They were kind enough to send me like a whole box of of <laughs> like other stuff from that first wave of of frameworks. And so if, you know, I've got some more hero characters here. I've got some like larger monsters like uh, Minotaur, uh, Beholder, Drider, like that kind of larger single single monster. And I've got uh, they have a two sets of like minions. So they have a set of seven orcs and a set of seven kobolds. And I, I guess what I wanted to talk about uh, briefly today is. First off, I think it's cool that D&D is getting hard plastic minis that are like you build them and mm-hmm. they're customizable and, you know, same plastic that Mantic and Weird and Games Workshop and Warlord and yeah, like they're, they're model plastic. Like, like legit yeah. plastic for models. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to mini painting Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> players. Like, right, glad yeah. you could join us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's about time. Yeah, about time. Yeah. But 
<laughs> so, so here's 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 the but. <laughs> but like some of the pricing on these things is not good. Is 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 not good. Um, yeah. To the point of being like meme worthy, bad prices. So the right. the set of seven kobolds is fifty dollars, and the the kobolds are correctly scaled. So they're they're small creatures. They are they're the same scale as like my old D and D minis from the from the random packs from back in two thousand and four or whatever. They're 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 small creatures. Right. They're they're you know multi part kobolds. They're correctly scaled. And so seven kobolds fit pretty comfortably in the palm of my hand. That's like such a feel bad. <laughs> it, like, is. it is. Oh my goodness. So, you know, according to my calculations, that's uh, what, <laughs> like $7.14 per kobold or, or whatever it is. It's, it's a feel bad. It's a feel bad thing. That's that's a burrito per kobold. That's, that's it's not. Right. Yeah. A full on like right. lunch or dinner per kobold right for an entire week <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah so, so i guess i just wanted to talk a little bit about how minis are even priced and how mm -hmm. we conceive of of value or not value for minis so right, yeah like the the set of orcs is again it's seven figures. They're all mm -hmm. orcs that are properly scaled, so they're bigger, and they're also priced at fifty dollars. But I mean, these are these are minis. The whole point of this hobby is that we're working on like ludicrously small figures. Like that's yeah, that's, for sure. That's the point. Uh, if we wanted, if we wanted a a, a big toy we'd go buy an action figure or something for yeah exactly dollars and it would be much so, bigger yeah <laughs> so i guess it, within what we're we're talking about size does not necessarily matter yeah and you know i'm thinking about it and and in some ways yeah that's fine that the the, the kobolds and the orcs are the same price like it, in some ways i can talk myself into like they have the same number of bits the orc bits are larger because they're they're larger creatures they're scaled yeah um they have similar amounts of detail on them. I'm I'm sure the designers spent the same amount of time on each kit. Uh, the the yeah. box of orcs, like I I could you know hold it in my hand and and tell myself that it was a little bit heavier, but polystyrene is not expensive. Like that's that's the right, material yeah. cost is not what you're paying for. So right. Um. So so you know trying to think this through and like. Obviously, fifty dollars for seven kobolds is a feel bad, and the fact that it is so much of a feel bad means that they're overpriced, and that the like, the, I I think that yeah. box has a chance of like sinking the whole line. Like, I think that has the that box <laughs> has the chance of being like viral as a meme. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I think there's there's kind of two ways to look at this, right? <laughs> So, in in one respect, the the company WizKids, right? They're trying to get people who are playing D anD D into buying these types of models. Probably people who have already painted minis before, or maybe people who have tried the nulls or stuff that want to upgrade and get something nicer. 
Um, so here's kind of how I'm thinking they they might be looking at it as an entry point. What do most low-level D and D players face in early campaigns? Probably kobolds, mm-hmm. right? So my thinking is maybe they're like, well, look, like we understand that this might look bad, but we need to get people in and get money kind of off the bat in order to continue making this line. Like, yeah, kinda. The other thought is they literally have no plan and they're just like, well, seven orcs is X dollars and now seven kobolds is X dollars. And they're not thinking about like the, the, the entry level or where people are going to start or how their customer experience is as far as like, how do I partake of this product? Yeah. Right. It's like, like Games Workshop's been around for a long time and they have their entry level pieces. They have, you know, even bigger monsters that are like, well, normally in this size range would cost something that are less money because they come with a, uh, some box or something, you know. Like, they've worked these things out to give you just enough to keep you coming back. Um, and, I mean, they learned that over a long period of time. And maybe WizKids just isn't there yet. You know, it's like they're just hitting this this kind of new type of plastic, and they're like, well, this is just what it is, right? That's how you make money. Yeah. So it's, It seems weird, though. I mean, I think, you know, on on polystyrene kits, like, the prices are arbitrary i mean the markup on these is so much that the prices are just like you know throwing throwing something at a dartboard um yeah and i think in this case that the the people deciding how many kobolds are in each box and then deciding how much that box sells for i think they just threw a dart at the wrong board they they, they, (laughs) that's uh, very very possible (laughs) they did not they did not ace that arbitrary decision i don't think so yeah, I mean, for trying for trying to like evaluate the the pricing on this, I you know went and looked at some Games Workshop prices, sure. and I spend a, a fair amount of my waking hours like complaining about Games Workshop prices. But to be fair, you can get twenty uh, Night Goblin archers for thirty eight bucks right now before the prices go up again. But yeah, that's that's two dollars a goblin. That's not seven dollars a kobold. Yeah. That's been around for a while too, and so, granted, so that they're price not multi-part. That price will go but, up, but um, or or even orcs. Like there are uh, savage plastic savage orcs are fifty four dollars for twenty orcs, so that's you know less than three dollars for for an orc. Uh, that's pretty good compared to again. Really we've good. got these these seven dollar whiz kids orcs over here, and um. Yeah, when you start doing some of those comparisons, like if you're if you're losing on the price comparison to Games Workshop, like ooh, ooh, it's not <laughs> that's ooh. that's really when you start need to start looking at it, right? It, it, the the peep the company that people complain about the most for having the highest prices for models, right? Like if you're if you're beating them, like you're playing the wrong game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially because you know uh, at its core, Dungeons and Dragons is model agnostic. And so if you can get more orcs and arguably better orcs, like you, you could, you could have that conversation. These are, I don't know. I don't really like the orc designs from, from these, this whiz kid set. They're okay. I actually do like the kobolds. They're just monstrously overpriced. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, uh, 
yeah, anyway, um, the, the one saving grace for WizKids is like the, their bendy plastic, like their PVC minis are actually very reasonably priced. Like you can get, you know, a, uh, two player characters for $6 or something and they're, you know, bendy plastic and there's bold lines that are covered up in like a thick layer of primer. But still, it's, it is a great entry point for, you know, getting someone to start painting minis. And so, um, yeah. in some ways, I'm actually appreciating the Nolzers line more and more as, as time goes on here because the, the Nolzers stuff is like three or four times cheaper than some of the framework stuff. You know, that does bring something to mind though. Um, there's this whole thing like when, when companies price, specific things that they want to sell you know it's like okay well here's your cheap right here's the the cheapest entry level thing and it's like okay that's fine for some people and whatever and they have something that's like a decent price right and it's like that okay like that that makes some sense and then they have something that's like ridiculously overpriced well like where are they trying to lead you with like where they actually want you to spend money yeah you know maybe this is a weird attempt for them to say well we have these lines and for people who really want to be very specific and like you know the the whales out there that just want to spend the money like they're gonna spend the money we'll give them the option for everybody else we have the nozer stuff and that's really what we want to sell so there's there's that possibility that they're actually trying to direct people to the nozer stuff sure i mean I I think it's great that they have basically the same models at different price points. Like you can get a Nolzer's Kobold or you can get a Frameworks Kobold or or you know, the same for Human Fighter and, and Tiefling Monk or whatever. And yeah. I think it's great that they have different price points, but I just think the one of the price points in particular is pretty far off. The Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um but anyway, the WizKids frameworks the the player characters are fifteen dollars each, and to me that's two burritos. And like, if that's your player character that you're really invested in, I think those are actually going to do all right. I think the fifteen dollars for a player character is going to do all right. The yeah, it feels good. You know, the larger monsters that I have here, so I've got a a beholder, and so that's a twenty five dollar beholder. Uh, and he did come with mm. like twelve extra eye stocks, so. I mean, I could get a ball of clay, ball of clay, and get like two beholders <laughs> out of that, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. Because if you're willing, if you're seriously like willing to to play with a ball of clay, like don't buy the don't buy that stuff to begin with. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> well, I, I thought it was great. So it, it is interesting to see what extra bits these kits have because the point is to introduce you to the fact that you can do some customization and you have extra bits. And the Beholder, you know, there's like seven or eight core bits to put together the, the ball of the Beholder and the one big eye yeah. and all that stuff. And then sure. there, were, there were literally two sprues of eye stocks. And so wow. I think there were like, 10 or 12 holes to put eye stocks on the beholder and i picked my mm-hmm. like 10 or 12 favorite eye stocks and then <laughs> i think i think the number was i think there were 14 leftover eye stocks <laughs> that's that's uh, okay that's a lot of extra bits that you're never gonna probably use it really <laughs> is and, and it's it's interesting so 
like I said, some of the player character kits have really good options. Like the the way that some of the bits are like really wearable. Um the Yeah. The the troll figure I have, like he has like a big necklace, like a, a big uh like skull necklace, and he wears the necklace. Like the necklace bits just you put it over his head, it perfectly conforms to his to his neck and chest, and it mm-hmm. just sits exactly where it should be. And he can either wear it or not. It looks good either way. And I think that's a really cool way to do extra bits. Yeah, um, that is cool. And then, but with the beholder, it's like, do you want the eye stalks to look like they have joints, or do you want them to be more floppy? Like, the, okay, all right, good to have some options. I, I would, I would pick the jointed option. I think I picked the floppy sense. option. Floppy option. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more, more floppy, loosey goosey uh-huh. tentacles. You know. Uh, just, just a loosey goosey beholder hanging yeah, out. Hey, that's right. just flopping around in the floating. Casey, in the I'll, I'll bring you those jointed uh, eye stocks if you want. We'll, we'll work a deal. I, sure, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll roll some clay and make nice. a beholder. Nice. We'll see which beholder one looks fight. Better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. Now the kobolds. That this is pretty funny, but for the for their minion kits, they they have like a numbering system so the idea is your your dungeon master can be like okay there are five kobolds and they can number them kobold one through kobold five and so the the spare bits in those kits are little tiny urns or like jars and so the idea is you can put the number of little jars on their bases for the kobold number so like one kobold will have one jar Cobalt number okay. two will have two, and then right. eventually you have a cobalt just standing on a pile of jars. <laughs> so, just so that yeah, that one. So so that Casey's a dwarf barbarian can attack cobalt number three, and then just everybody knows exactly what's going on. Except that means that the extra bits on these cobalt sprues are just stupid little jars. Just They're just these boatloaded jars. Yeah, it's just. Just little jars, I mean, you know. If it if it were me, okay. If it were me, I think I'd probably just I don't know, like put three little lines on the jar, like one jar, or or draw a specific design, or uh, Roman numerals. You know what I mean? Like a uh, jar is a jar. It's a no. It's a canvas. It's, you can yeah. put whatever you want in there. I did. Seven jars seems like an excessive amount of bits to put on, especially considering the kobold's size already. They're very small jars. I mean, you can fit them on there. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds comical. (laughs) I am am tempted to make a video just... Oh, please. Just about that kobold kit, because there's there's stuff to say. There's stuff to say. Um, But anyway, so I've, I've been assembling and playing with and painting some of these WizKids frameworks and it's one of those things that I want to be really excited about this you know getting D&D players exposure to to hard polystyrene plastic minis but Mm -hmm. the the minis are pretty good but there's just not for the price they're not or at least the at least some of the kits are yeah the internet's gonna have a field day with some of those kits I I mean I'm, I'm I'm warning you now, WizKids, the internet's going to have a frame day with some of those kids. 
Yeah. I They got to know that, right? I mean, because what's their competition, right? It, essentially 3D printers and their own line of models. Yeah. Like, and, and realistically, you're, you're already going to get a lot more. There's, there's a lot of options. Things. There's a surprising number of options for kobolds out there. Our friend right. Danny has some lovely 3D printable kobolds. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice Very kobolds nice. that paint yeah. incredibly nicely. Like That they do. I, and you know what? Like, uh, you could print them on a $100 printer and they look great. Mm-hmm. Like, so, two kobold kits from WizKids gets you the printer. And I, I imagine that, that the, the actual pack, the STL pack that Danny sells is not that expensive. I don't know how much it is off the top of my head, but I want to say it's like probably less than 15, 20 bucks. Like realistically get a lot of kobolds out of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like really nice ones too. I don't know. Just, yeah. Like if I'm a DM, which is who they're marketing to, like, I just feel like there are other options. Mm-hmm. That kit is not good. And you should definitely make a video about it because the the more we talk about it, the like the more upset I'm getting. Like, it I, seems ridiculous. Are we just gonna leave you with one last n- snippet about the cobalt kit before okay. we move on? Okay, gotcha. So, okay, so the the way the modularity works is there's you know the the standard chest, tail, legs for uh, the cobalt for for the sprue, and then each sprue has two options for arms and two options for heads. So essentially, each sprue can sort of be built like two ways. So you, so each sprue is you know, kind of two different kobolds. Now, I, I told you the set comes with seven sprues. But what I haven't told you yet is that two of the sprues are duplicates. So the sprues are labeled kobold <laughs> one, two, three, four, and five. Except there's there's duplicates of kobold two and kobold four. So, so at that point, like... Two of them, you almost don't have modularity on. You build one, one. You build Cobalt Two A, and you build Cobalt Two B. And so it's like the head is this way, and then the other head is this way. It's like, or are there actual options, or is it literally like just oh, we just mirrored this? I mean, there's different weapon options, and and to be fair, I can't remember if it's two or four, but one of the ones they give you duplicates of there has a Cobalt that's holding a scorpion. So that's the best bit Ooh. in the box and you get two of that bit. So you get two of the bit of the Cobalt okay. arm holding well, a scorpion. I, I can forgive that a little. So honestly, that's, yeah. that's worth 10 bucks right there. So like, yeah. <laughs> it probably is like, you know, people selling that. Yeah. Like uh splitting out a kit for eBay. Like, yeah, the kit, like bits like that are gold. Right. Yeah. So, so there's a little bit of forgiveness there. And and like I said, again, the, the fact that this company also sells kits that are very accessible for new painters who maybe don't have a lot of burrito money, like that's that's awesome. The fact that Nolzers exists excuses a lot because you can't be like, sure. oh, you're uh, you know, you're you're pricing people out of the hobby. Like actually they have a great right. entry point for for new players, but Yes. If you are if you are trying to introduce a new line of minis and get it to perform well, hey, the seven dollar kobolds <laughs> is not uh, yeah. So yeah, okay. So they they duplicate two of the sprues, and other than the scorpion, there's there's nothing particularly special about the two sprues that they decided to duplicate. Of course, actually, 
as far as I know, as far as I know, every box is different. Maybe somebody else has two copies of Kobolds one and five. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Who? That's a good point. You never know. You never know. But um, I, I doubt that's how they. I doubt that's just, how they do it for yeah, manufacturing. Yeah, I like I don't think you can do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, but I want to be super clear here that there is room in the box that they're selling these for uh, for ten sprues. There's there's absolutely room for two copies of each of the five cobalt sprues. So the how they even settled on the number seven, I have no idea. <laughs> I, my guess is they looked at like, well, what are the the top like X amount of campaigns that are played? How many kobolds would actually potentially show up at one time? Seven ish. Because yeah, that I don't know. Seven seems like a lot, anyways. Hey, Casey, this 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 whole podcast is just turning into kobold talk, and this is this is I no mean, way. If we to... want to change the name of the podcast to kobold talk, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Welcome to Kobold we just, Talk. We do like a spinoff? Like, <laughs> yeah, we just talk Kobolds twenty four seven. Maybe we put that, put that up, put that podcast out every week because people are going to want to oh, get yeah, the Kobold 100%. talk. Yeah. And we just we, get like, really into Kobolds. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just review every sculpted Kobold ever made. <laughs> so there's there's a YouTube channel that I don't watch enough of, but it's called like Jabba's Palace or something. And it's somebody oh, who you just buys yeah. Star Wars toys that are themed around Jabba's palace. And yes. And he, like, he's got like 50 different models and toys for like Jabba's sail barge. And he has like <laughs> a whole bunch of like the, the Jabba's throne room. And But anyway, I love the idea of someone just getting like really fixated on just something really specific and just, just this the dumbest most kobold. niche thing yeah. you can get. Yeah. What, I mean, welcome to Kobold you Talk. Really, you know, take candle. Yeah. Uh, I'm here with my friend Casey, and as we do every week, we're gonna be. <laughs> I, you know what? I I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> like, like that tagline got me. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent on board with this. Like, uh, when when do we start? Because yes. All right. Well, well, Casey, let's let's move this episode of Paint Bravely along. We'll we'll wrap up this whole podcast after year two. It's been a good run. Um, All right. Welcome next week. <laughs> Welcome back to Cold Talk. <laughs> um, so do keep this feed in your phones because uh, that's going to be right, a great yeah, way to thing. access Cold Talk. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> well, we we better we better start moving towards the the meat of, of this episode. Right. Uh, we want to close uh-huh. out year two by just talking about painting bravely. Think about yeah. what that means, and and. And why we wanted to name this podcast Paint Bravely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, well, do you want me to start? I can start. I'll go. Do it. You're drinking water. That's fine. Um, so, Painting Bravely in a nutshell is the idea that from time to time we run up against models or things within the hobby that like maybe maybe you're a little bit intimidated by. You know what I mean? Like this, I think this happens to all of us. Happens to the best of us. Like, you put down some money. You you buy some kobolds, for example, and you spent fifty five dollars on seven of them. Like, you probably want to paint them pretty nicely. Well, maybe your skill level isn't exactly where you want it. Who knows? Whatever the case is, you're feeling a little anxiety. Well, 
a lot of the the best ways to get around a lot of this stuff is to just start putting paint on the model just to go for it because by the time that you actually start putting paint down and you start working on the model and you get piece by piece and you finish each individual thing like you're gonna feel better about it and you're gonna actually get something done you're gonna get work done you gotta get in there you gotta paint bravely and you're probably gonna be happier with the outcome than maybe you expected um and like i don't know that that uh for me is a big part of why i think uh we decided to call this podcast paint bravely because we want to try and uh walk you through that get you through those tough times yeah so yeah i mean the 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 fact that you're staring down some 50 to 5 dollar kobolds there's there's an element of fear there and i'm I'm reminded by the famous quote from bran and ned stark you know can a can a man be brave if he's afraid that's the only time a man can be brave like that's uh uh, it's a good point. Pa- painting like bravely it. is when you're you you've got intimidating little little kobold in front of you, and you got to just pick up that paintbrush and, and and face your fears and and put some paint on that model. So yeah, um, yeah, I was I, I was thinking about it, and and part of painting bravely is just doing anything. So if you, it's very true. <laughs> <laughs> So so we'll start there. You you get your bravery points if you if you do anything to, you know, alter the model. Like you, you when you start that kobold has infinite potential and once you start mm-hmm. putting paint on that, you're you're closing doors all the time and and heading towards that that finished kobold with his googly little eyes, you know. So mm-hmm. I mean, I I made a little list here. A, a little list of of when you really need to paint brave. So I I mean I think about it like what is what is really painting bravely? I think it's any time where you sit down and you have to tell yourself YOLO. You you only live once. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's when you're sitting down and you're about to do something that's really going to change the model that maybe is like irreversible. Mm-hmm. Uh and also, yeah. and also, when you do not know what's going to happen, uh, so oh, those are the best moments. <laughs> <laughs> you literally have no idea if it's going to work or not, right? Yeah. And so that I mean, that's such a a key moment because you're about to learn something one way or another, <laughs> right? <laughs> and if you just find that bravery, you. Uh, you step off that ledge, you you find out, you learn something new real quick. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, a couple a couple times recently that I've really thought about painting bravely are uh, there's there's this technique that I've seen like Sam Lenz talk about is the anti zenithal shading technique. So this mm-hmm. is loading up your airbrush with a dark color, you know, a, kind of an off black or a gray or a dark purple or a dark green or something. And you take a mini that's almost finished and you squirt some shadows underneath the mini. Yeah. The, the sheer <laughs> bravery. <laughs> 
Yes, yes. You're 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 in that like bravery test moment, right? Like you got to do something. And it's like if if this works, it's going to be good. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean, picking that airbrush up and and going like I'm going to squirt some like dark green <laughs> like under this model right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's that's a moment for sure. It is. It is. And yeah. Sometimes that pays off, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you just like, you, you know, you, you squirt a little too much on there, and it does not look like it did what Sam Lenz did it. That, that <laughs> happens sometimes, yeah. Right, exactly. Um, but of course, the lesson is like Sam Lenz paints bravely, or has for many years, and uh, there's no way to compare yourself to him. Especially if you're just starting out or even if you've been painting for like a, a small amount of time, right? Like, and there's no reason to necessarily compare yourself. Right. And, but you should try it. You should try the thing. And actually yeah. on a more universal experience for, for folks who maybe don't use a airbrush that often, just putting a wash on a mini, like especially mm -hmm. just deciding to put a dark wash all over a mini. That is, yeah. That is like a binary decision. It is the the, the mini from over the course of thirty seconds looks very different, and you cannot take back what you what you've just done. Uh, no, like that null oil goes down. Like it's, you've it's made down. a decision. <laughs> it's down. That's your decision yeah. has been made. Uh, but again, salute the bravery that it took to make that decision and the the fortitude and the dedication. Yeah. yeah. To, to, to see it through and mm -hmm. you're going to learn something because a lot of times you can't necessarily predict what that mini is going to look like if you just dunk it in black wash only one way to find out only one way <laughs> to find out but yeah. um the the reason that we do encourage people to take chances is because you do find out you do learn something new by taking that step giving it a shot and, uh, and seeing what happens. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I think that's an important and integral part to any hobby or anything that you're really trying to just get better at. And I mean, you know, an assumption on our part is that, you know, you listen to this podcast because you do paint and maybe you, you know, you paint while you listen or, or whatever that case is. You're looking for like a little nugget of, of information to just get better. I mean, I, I, I still do that. I watch videos just going like, I just want that like one tidbit of something that, that just unlocks that thing in my brain. Right. Um, but definitely one of the bigger things that, that has helped me get better as a painter is just like that trial and error not necessarily worrying about whether the outcome is going to be bad. Yeah. Like going for it, regardless of the outcome is going to give you the information to, do it better or differently the next time. A hundred percent. It's always going to be a thing. Yep. A hundred percent. That's how you learn. Trying new things, stepping out into the unknown, trying new things. That's how you learn. And yeah. uh, that's, that's the value of it. And yeah, I don't know. For me, something I've been doing lately is I've been doing a little more black lining. You know, uh, mm -hmm. So I did that mm -hmm. a video a little while back, but yeah, loading up your brush with black ink. And actually, I've, I was playing around with 
Imperial Fist Space Marines. So these are yellow figurines. And yeah. I've been playing around taking <laughs> a yellow figure and painting black lines on it. And the ink dries pretty fast. It's pretty irreversible. Like Irreversible. Like with, black with lines. paint. Yeah. With paint, you often have like 10 seconds to wipe up a, a mistake. But ink is. Yeah. Pr sets pretty quick. <laughs> it does. And yeah. so, yeah, it's. You know, you, you've got a brush, you've got black ink, and wherever that brush goes, that black ink is going to be over that yellow, and uh, that's where it is. That's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Even even if you want to paint yellow back over the black, that's going to take uh, a lot of layers to, to actually cover up, so... Yeah, well, and especially if you've airbrushed that yellow right, on. Right, then there's, there's which, no way to actually... Yeah. yeah. So it is, oh. it's a commitment. It's a big commitment loading up that, that black and, and going at the model. But the contrast that you get from bold black lines against that yellow, that, yeah. lo that can look sweet. If you mess it yeah. up, it's gonna, it might gonna look a little bit dumb. <laughs> but like if, if you get yeah. it right, if you have the courage to give it a shot and you have the luck to get it right or skill, Skill or luck to uh, to have it look good. Hey, right on. <laughs> right. Well, that's 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 uh, kind of part of it, though. It's like if if you don't just go for it to begin with, you're never going to have the skill to do it when you actually want to. Right. You have to. You have to do it. You have to. Yeah. You don't have a choice. <laughs> like if you want to paint black lines on yellow Space Marines with black ink. You just have to do it. Yeah. Or use Tamiya panel liner. Another option. Another option. Yeah. That at least you can wipe off. That's a little more forgiving. That, yeah. That does the mitigate kind of the being brave. Not it's not quite as cool. Not quite as cool. <laughs> not quite as yeah. not quite as black. Yeah. Not quite as defined. That's right. Now here's yeah. now here's another example. Painting eyes. Alright, so you've got You've got a nice flesh tone face. You use a little bit of a dark wash to get like the dark orbit of the eyes, the, the eye socket. And then you get your little brush out. You carefully yeah. paint in an oval of, of vanilla white for the eye white. And then yeah. you load up that little brush with black. <laughs> and you better get that pupil where it goes, you know? So you, you get your golem face out and you yeah. really get in there. Yeah. <laughs> Now, if you miss with that little pupil, you're going to be doing a couple of those steps over again to take another shot yeah. at that eye. But yeah, you got to shoot the shot, you know, you got to get in there. Yeah, I, I actually that's that's something that I need to uh, I need to start really pushing towards because for a long time, my excuse is, well, if I paint the eyes white and I give it some kind of a glowy look. Don't got to paint the pupil. <laughs> Because the eyes are glowing, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. I've adopted the attitude of I don't know if my character is going to be like surprised or confident or or shocked or or bug eyed. Um, <laughs> right. We're gonna find that out. We're gonna find that out together. The That's, only way like to find that, out that. is to is to paint those pupils. Right. And, bravely discover your character. Yeah. Bravely discover. <laughs> <laughs> bravely figure out who this person is yeah. like, 
you're painting a D&D mini, you're going to find out real quick what <laughs> what your like main focus is for that character, depending on the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And, window to the soul, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your first eye, the, the first eye that you dot, that's going to tell you like generally, okay, are they... Are they cool and confident? Are they are they high? Right. Are they frightened? Are they shocked? And then it, the it's second not eye, usually the first eye that's the problem. The though. second the first eye depends eye you usually on get. whether it's symmetrical or not. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like... <laughs> that's when, that's when you get the issues because like the first eye, you're like, well, I nailed the, I centered the pupil. That that's looking good. It's staring straight forward. But the other one. It's 45 degrees off to the left. Is like, my character Now conscious. you have a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, oh, I'm sorry. He's, uh, he's had a stroke. I'm sorry to tell you. Like, right. Well, it's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how it goes. Uh, and unfortunately with eyes and, and faces in general, like, the more layers he put on, like, the worse it gets. There's almost no going mm-hmm. back. You, you have to, like, erase the entire face to start over. And that's, it's a bad feeling, but, you know, I think it just happens. It just happens to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I have done that, by the way. I have, mm-hmm. I have a little vial of LA's Totally Awesome that I, and I just take a brush and I like slowly right, brush it on and it I on. have yeah. totally stripped like just the face <laughs> of a mini before. And yeah. it's stupid, but you can do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And it, if it saves the face, right? It, like. If the knowledge that that is an option helps you to uh, paint bravely and try to paint those eyes, yeah, know that you do technically have the option to remove the, all those layers of paints from all your attempts at painting those eyes. So, yeah. I've I've most definitely painted for multiple hours and then thrown a model just directly into stripper and started over. Um, I don't technically recommend that. Like, I think think that like continuing to paint is probably better than stripping it, unless you've overloaded the detail, which happens in faces generally. Um, otherwise, like, you're probably fine to just keep painting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another another big thing, like one of the things for me, um, I made a video about this a long time ago. Now. Uh, was was the expense of models, right? And that's kind of I was making the, the joke about the kobolds earlier. But like you know, there there are some models that are particularly expensive, especially Games Workshop and Forge World models. Um, and even to this day, like I still have a problem looking at a model that costs two hundred and fifty plus dollars that I legitimately own, going like, how am I going to do this? And is it going to work? Is it going to turn out? Yeah, I have models that are that expensive. You're looking at me like I, uh, I'm broken. <laughs> I was just trying to guess trying what to it was, what? but we'll we'll all find out together. Um, so I have a I have a good collection of Korgrath models, like from the uh, Age of Sigmar first starter kit that came out when Age of Sigmar came out. Um, I've converted a bunch of them. I've done videos on those in the past, but I bought for a good price, for a good price. Um, the Forge World resin Korgrath mm-hmm. that I don't remember the name of off the top of my head, but he's he's a huge, very nice looking model and like surprisingly nice from Forge World. Mm. Um, and I think MSRP is like two fifty or three hundred. 
like two ninety nine maybe for oh. him. Um, and I I picked him up. He like he had a couple of chunks that were busted off, but like really easy to replace kind of things. Okay, I picked him up for like a hundred and twenty bucks. I can see but needing he, some bravery still, on that. Yeah, right. Even still, it, it's one of those models. Like when I got the great and clean one model, the new one. Like that took me a while. Like I was legitimately like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like I had just gotten an airbrush. I just started a YouTube channel and that on top of it was like, well, I don't really want to mess this up. Like, <laughs> you know, so much went into that. And it, and still like to this day is one of my more favorite models that I painted. Like it, it just, you know, you go for it. You get inspired by what you're doing. You watch videos, you, look at other people's stuff, whatever, whatever you got to do, you know, and push through like, you're probably going to be pretty happy, but sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Like that expensive model is expensive, right? Yeah. No matter what you do, it's, it's expensive. <laughs> I mean, it. I'd say on a lot of those YOLO moments of, of deciding to commit to something, I'd say, like if you've just, you know, you've heard about a technique before, whether that's a, a wash or anti-zenithal, you know, shading or or whatever it is, uh, I'd say there is a better than 50-50% chance that you're going to like the result. Like, right, in, yeah. unless you're just trying something that everybody has told you don't do, this doesn't work, then, then maybe you have a <laughs> less than 50% chance, but... If you're trying That's something true. that like your friends have been telling you for years that you need to try, there's a pretty good shot that it's going to work. So just, you know, yeah. YOLO, give it a shot, paint bravely and uh, learn something new. That's, that's what I always say. <laughs> that's what I always say. Is that, is that what we always, that's what you always that's say? Our, that's our motto here I mean, going into just... year three of paint bravely, the podcast. Yeah. Just, uh. <laughs> like I it's funny like you say YOLO and it's like literally we just we're talking about it. you could strip the model like you literally can live more than, yeah yeah you can live more than once it's okay you can even if you really wanted buy a new one <laughs> like <laughs> it is interesting that YOLO is typically said before doing something very dangerous and stupid <laughs> <laughs> when it when it actually applies then uh, I don't recommend it <laughs> Like really, it's a bad idea. Like that's, in fact, you, it should be a reminder to not do that thing. Right. Like you, you, you only li don't do that. Right. Like right before don't. you go bungee jumping, YOLO. You, you know, jump off the bridge. That uh, I mean, in this case though, in this case though, what what's the worst that happens? You have to strip a two hundred fifty dollar <laughs> corkerath. That's you know absolute oh worst goodness. case scenario. Absolute worst case scenario. Yeah, that would be. It would be a pain. Oh, yeah. Like, because it's, it's not a small model either. No. Like, it, it does not fit in my Sonic Cleaner. Oh. So I'd have to get, like, one of those, like, Costco pickle jars, you know? That, I mean, we're, yeah, yeah, it's good. good, good hey, well, maybe too. I go over to your house, we eat some pickles, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a terrible idea. I, I do like a Vlasic dill, you know what I'm saying? Maybe we get some pickled eggs, you know what I mean? Eat some pickled eggs. We'll talk. No. We'll talk. YOLO. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really good. I'm not going to eat pickled eggs. That's, 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 there's a line. <laughs> that's, 
way on the other side of it. If you're at Adepticon this year, we're going to Adepticon and we're starting we are, a new yeah. thing. It's called Pickled Egg Adepticon 2022. And uh, uh, don't don't bring me a pickled egg. I won't uh, eat it. And there's nothing that <laughs> the the, the like, rules for this convention are it's it's mask on at all times for safety unless you're eating a pickled egg and then you can pull your mask down just to put a, oh, put a pickled egg in there and just put it back up. Yep. So that's the thing. You get your N95. You can hide the pickled egg in the mask. <laughs> It'll just stay in there. And you, you oh just kind of like. That, that smell will stay with you for days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, on that yeah. note. Yeah, thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Pickle <laughs>